Making the right financial decisions takes time, skill, and effort. The Savvy Brokers Club podcast delivers strategies from today's thought leaders that help you build and maintain your financial freedom. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Savvy Brokers Club podcast. Today, I'm joined by Henry Gomez, VP of Mortgage Lending at Guaranteed Rate. Henry, appreciate you being here, brother. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. No, what a pleasure talking to you and uh, great vibe. Hey, <laughs> you know, we've had some good talks already before even starting. So uh, absolutely, definitely love your vibe and what you're doing here. So it's pretty cool. No, thank you. And congratulations on all the success. It seems like you figured something out uh, during a time that's been a little tumultuous for the industry. It seems like you found some success and, and have really honed in on what that is for you personally. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting. I, I've kind of always just kind of gone off the cusp and done things my way. I mean, I I left. Uh, I was kind of telling you before. Yeah, I yeah. left in in 2020, uh, right as my career was like taking off. I was you know closing more business than I had before, and I decided to just sell my house, pay off my debt, and go travel for a year. Wow. And people are like, "You're crazy. Just go travel for a month. Go travel for three months. Yeah. A year, dude. Why why a year?" And I'm like, I just feel like it's the right time. I didn't have any kids. I mean, I don't have any kids yet, but uh, yeah, it just seemed like the right time to do it. And uh, I'm glad I did because certain things clicked. Um, and now that we're going through some interesting times in the market, I think uh, those things that I realized during those two years has been super helpful, especially this year. Man, and, and the story behind it is incredible, too, just because you went through a lot personally. I mean, tell me about just going there, first of all, because it wasn't like you went there and, and, and that was it. You didn't spend the entire year, right? No. So I left February 1st, 2020. Uh, started off in Guatemala, just hiking through the mountains for three days. Actually made some friends uh, that That's I connected cool. with afterwards. Uh, went to Colombia, which is where my family's from. Both my parents are from there. Um, I was first born here in Chicago. Um, and went to Colombia, went to Cartagena, Santa Marta, Medellin, got scuba certified. That was a dream of mine. It was on my bucket list. Um, and I was telling you that we took the last bus to Cali, where my family's from, Cali, Colombia. Um, the last bus before they shut down all the bus stations. So that was our home base. My uncle's there, some extended family's there. So at least I felt like I was a bit safer. I knew some people there at least while I was on lockdown. And I stayed there for about five months. Wow. Yeah, two of the months is because everybody knows in Chicago things were getting crazy with the riots and everything. Yeah. Um, things were pretty unstable here, so I decided to stay there a little longer because with my job, thankfully, I can work remote. Yeah. So after I watched all of Netflix for about two months, <laughs> uh, I just decided to plug in, and it actually ended up being my best year in the business, wow. uh, just being locked in and, and working remote, wow. which was huge. Yeah, no, 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 for sure. What's the biggest takeaway? Because I know that, that that's kind of like you were correlating travel and just... You know, I would say it's more like what I gathered from it was being in tune with who you are and what works for you, right? What did you learn about yourself, about your profession, about whatever it is that you've taken into now this kind of second chapter in your life? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we didn't have a choice during COVID but to connect via Zoom, right? right remote and culturally, we're people that are very warm. We want to see each other in, in person. Um, you know, especially people that maybe they don't dominate the language or the technology and they feel a little intimidated, but everybody uses WhatsApp, you know? So I quickly realized like, okay, I don't have to drive everywhere. Some people from the comfort of their own living room, you know, they can have their coffee and we can have a meeting and get to the finish line just the same. Yeah. Um, and it was a little tough when I came back to start connecting with some of my business partners, like, no, we don't need to you know, meet everybody in person. We can be more efficient, use our time more efficiently. Yeah. Um, we can do more business that way. So I think um, just realizing that we can use these tools smarter 
um, was a big takeaway for me uh, when I was away. Um, I go to a few closings here and there, but my goal was to go to every single one of them. And if you're growing, that's that's impossible. Yeah. You know, you can't go to every single one of them. Yeah. So, um, so little things as far as that on the business side was was very big. Um, on the personal side, before I left, I mean, the task of thinking about traveling for a year, big, right? Stressful. I was thinking about the dollar amount. I'm like, okay, I got to pay off X amount of debt. Um, and I worked so hard to the point where I was grinding my teeth, like my cheeks and everything. Like I, I had a knot on my back, went to an acupuncture, got a massage, like nothing was working. That thing did not wow. fade away. But it was funny when I started traveling, it's almost as if that knot just melted away. Like I never got it back. Really? Like I, it got so bad to the point where I couldn't even like lift one of my arms. Wow. Um, was, so was doing painful. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was more when I like lifted my arm a certain way, and I'm like, I honestly don't even know. I'm on mission travel, mission travel. So I just was not even really thinking about it too much. But after I traveled and just all that tension, all that stress, um, and just creating a little bit more balance, um, and realizing that I can still work remote and still have uh, a healthier like life balance was just so huge that after I came back, I refused to do it any different. So I started traveling a lot more, whether it be just to spend time with family more. Um, you know, this year I went to Florida for Father's Day and just connected with my dad's side of the family. And it was it was great. Um, it was great just connecting with my family. I came back re-energized and kind of had a, a great summer, a great fall in my business. And um, this has been a tough year. A lot of people in my business have been down this year. So, yeah. um, but I think traveling for me has been just one of those things where I can connect either with myself or family or just get inspired, re-energized, regrouped and, you know, moving forward. So that was, that was another thing that just really clicked with that trip that, um, we're on the grind, make as much money as you can. And that's fine. I'm still ambitious. I still have these big goals, but I'm never going to, not travel like I was doing before, um, and just getting out there. So, wow. yeah. So well, that's those... what you're saying is that you, you get energized by being around people. Yeah. Which is, yeah. I mean, different. You hear a lot of people being introverted these days, especially after pandemic for you, you're like very clear. I get my energy from being around others. Anybody that knows me knows <laughs> it. Like I even like, I went to a, a networking event, uh, uh, Posse Foundation. So I'm part of this alumni group. <clears throat> uh, amazing. They, they give uh, first generation, usually first generation college students, full rides to college. Wow. Um, I got lucky enough to be an alum from that program. But one of my buddies uh, that I go there and I'm like, listen, remember, no offense, but you know how I like to go into a room. I want to meet people that I don't know. You know, I'm just naturally curious. Like, What's your background? Why are you supporting this organization? You know, where are you coming from? And just going a little deeper than where do you work? You know, because it's so interesting, some of the things that people do. And that kind of curiosity is what fuels me because you yeah. never know really kind of what comes your way. For sure. For sure. Now, one of the things is that you, you mentioned um, that you're, you help people plan out their next chapter in their lives. right? Mm -hmm. Because for you, you were actually a pretty young homeowner. 22, right? Yeah, I was about 22 years old. And uh, shout out to my aunt. Uh, Ruth, uh, she is also uh, a lender. Um, she actually started before I did. Um, and she kind of whispered in my ear because I, I graduated from the University of Wisconsin. And when I came out, I wanted to buy a BMW. That was always a dream of mine. And she goes, do you want a house or do you want a car? Mm. And I'm like, talk to me about the house. And it was during the recession, got a condo um, in the Edgewater neighborhood, one bedroom, parking garage, Oh, nice. uh, a bit of a view of the lake with a balcony for like 90 grand. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, when you're only making like 32, even though where I was working at the bank, they promised you 
loads of commission dollars, which is never promised, right? Um, it was like nine hundred dollars or something That's uh, crazy. a month That's just crazy. to have my own spot. Wow! So I bought a, a, a very amazing Nissan Altima after that. <laughs> but hey, man, that, that, that's wisdom and that's a lot of experience and that's things that you know you you learn early on. And you mentioned uh, the bank. You were working for Chase, right? Uh, yeah, I worked for Chase for about seven years. So wow! Oh, I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah, for a bit. I mean, I I actually. Um, I got licensed in mortgages and it was during the recession. I didn't have a book of business. I'm like, all right, I got to get a real job. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I became a licensed banker for about a year and a half. Um, had a lot of great mentors. I still talk to them to this day uh, that were really good there. Um, and then after about things started settling down about a year, year and a half later, uh, the bank's like, hey, you really like investments? You really like uh, mortgages? Uh, which way do you want to go? And for me, it was a simple choice, even though I like investments, is everybody needs a home. Yeah. So for me, it wasn't like selling. It was just everybody needs a home. Let me just help them kind of get there. Um, and I had already gone through my process of buying. So like, let me make that process a little different. For sure. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I got back into it again. And then what made you decide to leave Chase? I mean, it's very different, right? A lot of times, for the most part, I don't think we really get people who are part of these bigger establishments. Now you're with guaranteed rate. What was the impetus to, to move? And, and I guess what was kind of the, the contrast between it, right, that you've noticed? Um, I'd say, honestly, my confidence was probably at an all-time high just because I, I had been put into these neighborhoods um, where there were a lot of Spanish speakers, mm. um, and my business started to grow just because there was a high demand for it um, around the Six Corners area. And then after that's where you were with Chase? That's where I started off with Chase, gotcha, yeah, as gotcha. far as lending full-time. And then they moved me downtown uh, to private client, but like my Latinos just always followed me no matter where I went. That's and, awesome. And that loyalty was amazing. Um, so out of that confidence, um, again, banks were kind of trimming. They were overstaffed with with mortgage officers or loan officers. So they started trimming commissions and salaries and everything. And I'm like, okay, this might be a good time to like shift. I, I felt confident that I had a book of business that I can just kind of like carry with me. Um, yeah, I got humbled pretty quickly. Really? After I left, yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah. What was the biggest thing that you had to overcome? Well, one of the things is that I, I created relationships in the branches. So... Um, the bank managers, the bankers, the tellers, everybody was just kind of keeping an eye out if anybody needed help uh, on the lending side. So I, I built those relationships. So building those relationships away from that structure, uh, yeah. Started from scratch, basically. Started from scratch, or how do I build them? I mean, you're talking about an internal referral network, essentially, right? That now you don't have that in the real world. Yeah. That's crazy. You don't. So, and like, my income started dwindling and dwindling, and I started... Uh, <laughs> taking risks, like I'm going to start an app and I'm going to start flipping homes and all this stuff. No so way. I started taking other risks and then I'm like, all right, uh, I used a lot of my retirement money too during that time. And thankfully I invested in coaching, um, with the core and on one of their back then, I don't think they're doing it anymore. They had CDs. Um, and there was a local guy, Amir Sayed, and I randomly Googled him and I reached out to him and he like, interviewed me once or twice and he's like, Hey, you know, come on, come on over. I'll, I'll, you know, mold you, I'll coach you. Um, so I was with him for a bit, learned a lot under him and just kind of learned this side of the business. Mm. And ironically him and I have gone through different companies and we're at the same company now again at, uh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually going to be seeing him again in November. So it's cool. Just kind of keeping those ties with people that are kind of mentoring and, and coaching yeah. you. But I was just determined. I'm like, I know what I'm doing. I just need to learn what this world's about yeah. on this side of the this side of the fence. So, yeah. And what's been your biggest takeaway with that? I mean, as far as uh, going out there and establishing relationships, obviously you've, you figured something out uh, pretty quickly. What, yeah, well, t talk to me about your approach in, in, in building those relationships. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing I think in, in 
in real estate is that things can get um, can get a little complicated. There's some the the easy deals nobody really talks about it. Everybody's showy on social media. Hey, we closed. We got a new housing and listing. But there's definitely some difficult deals and just having good communication with those business partners while yeah. that's going and figuring out a solution together has been the best thing. Um, I think, uh, you know, again, I think, I don't know if it's culturally, we don't like to let people down. We don't like confrontation, things of that nature, but I'm um, just kind of stepping up to the plate and having open lines of communication. That's been, that's been huge. Um, and I think earlier in my career, um, starting on this side of the fence, the non big bank side, um, you were told to like, just cast this wide net and go after every agent and every client and just, you know, it, it wasn't too focused. And these days now that I've been doing it for, man, 15 years now, that's kind of crazy. Right. Um, now I'm just like, I, I want to connect with people that I enjoy doing business with. Yeah. People who have the same mindset. People who want to take care of people the same way. They're not just shoving somebody into a home to make a commission. Like they're looking out for them. You know, that just how I would want somebody to look out for my sister or my parents or anyone like that. So I'm connecting with similar vibes. And then once I find them, I'm actually going deeper, hanging out with them, getting to know them. Um, and I think that's been my a big win for me this year because uh, it's been a tough year. I mean, you know, we're seeing rates in the sevens. Uh, a lot of my colleagues are, are down 40 to 60% of their production from last year. Uh, I've been blessed that hopefully I'll be up like 10% this year. Wow. Um, just kind of staying the course. and But we'll see what happens. We're, we're all tightening up our belts for, for next year. But yeah, uh, I'm still kind of excited about it, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got that optimism and you, and you have a reason to be optimistic too. Um, you mentioned a couple of things, but one of them is, is being more intentional about your relationships that I wanted to touch on just because I see that uh, you're, you're very true to that and, and it seems like you're, you're living that life of, of intentionality. How do you do that but still maintain you know, your, your goals and me- meeting your goals, um, but being more selective? Talking about that transition into taking or maybe not as wide of a net, but maybe even just being more selective about those clients that you work with? Um, I, I guess the business partners or, or, or even the clients is just um, kind of like how I go out and try to meet new people. It's just digging a little deeper. That's mm-hmm. pretty much it. If it's somebody that you're connecting with and you want to know, you know, how are you going to get from A to Z? How do you want us to communicate a little bit better? Just not leaving things up in the air. Or um, I always kind of say that um, assuming or, or like assumptions is, is probably the worst thing you can have in your business. You know, you can't assume anything about anybody or assume that because you close a deal really well for someone and they love you during the transaction that they're just going to send you business. Right. Um, so you have to stay connected to your book. That's your blood, sweat and tears. You know, your business partners, you need to be genuine with them. Like buying them a bottle of tequila, you know, is not anybody can buy you a bottle of tequila, you know, showing up to maybe an event that means a lot to them or supporting them in ways that they didn't expect. Um, and just being genuine with them, I think that that goes uh, a lot further than buying them something shiny or, you know, getting them a drink at a bar or something like that. When did you make that transition into being, you know, what was it for you that 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 created that desire or wanting to connect with others, whereas before you felt maybe a little different about it? Or, yeah, like what, what changed? Um, I don't know if it was maybe, honestly, maybe even COVID. Really? You know, I think just kind of having, I felt like I had to be everywhere. Um, I was I was a bit of a yes man and I'm still struggling with the word <laughs> no, which uh, I'm getting better at doing. Um, but once we slowed down and just kind of like, I started reflecting on the kind of relationships that I had, yeah. you know, the people that were really kind of there for you. All right, great. How am I being genuine uh, with them as well? Um, and making sure that I'm putting energy into that. Um, once I just started kind of like reflecting and taking a step back and not thinking I had to do 30 things to be successful, 
it really helped me. Um, and just being patient with it, right? Um, I think a lot of people these days, let's make a ton of money, let's make a million dollars, this, that, or the other, let's be the top producer in my office. But it's like, how are you gonna get there? Yeah. How do you wanna build that? Um, even people in my business uh, that produce more than me, they don't have an assistant. I'm not sure why, um, but having having somebody to help you so that you have a better quality of life, I would never give that away ever again. Like, I don't need to keep every dollar. I'd rather be happy, have a balance that I can still travel. You know, I, I did a marathon with my sister in Florida this year. That was so much fun. I hadn't taken a trip with her since we were kids. Wow. Just one-on-one, -on -one, me and her. Yeah. Uh, and that was that was a gem. I mean, that that trip was amazing. And I only have one sister and we're really, <laughs> really close. Um, and knowing that I had somebody back home that was gonna help cover you know, the business and the communication is, uh, yeah, I'd never give that back. That's awesome. Just not going to do it. I mean, that's awesome. And, and I mean, it seems like you're showing up for your clients even more so and better and there's a better version of you, right? Yeah. Um, talk to me about that that approach you have with your clients. So, and I think that's really important where you know, the, the, taking time to plan your next step and buying a house, there, there's a lot of glam and show like, you know, that you talk about. But for you, it's down to being intentional again, right? Even when it comes to whether it be your realtor partners, or your clients themselves, just talk to me about what you have to really go through when, um, you know, as far as people just their perceptions or, or kind of overcoming those things, right? Some of the obstacles that people place before them that they're not really there, but that you're having to overcome for them, whether it be how much they can afford. Yeah, just, just all those things that kind of go into it. Take, take me through that approach of, of that one-on-one -on -one time you have with your clients. Yeah, I mean, I think all of us can say that anything that we kind of like rush into or just kind of wing, every once in a while we get lucky, right? But we know that when we plan and we kind of have, we, we prepare ourselves a little bit better, um, things go a lot better, yeah. right? They're, you're 100%. less stressed. You know that you're going to run into hurdles no matter what, but you're you're more comfortable with what's in front of you. Um, and I think owning a home is is one of those things as well. I mean, one of the things that I see a lot in my community too is that a lot of people sign for each other and you know co-sign for a car and co-sign for a house. And um, even just recently, I had uh, a friend of mine that she wanted to co-sign for her family, and. I was looking at the numbers because we were planning, right? Um, and I'm like, I don't see an exit strategy here. I don't see how your family's gonna be able to afford it on their own to remove you off this mortgage in the future. Oh, wow. And you're trying to help them, and I get it. We wanna do everything for our families. Um, she's the first to graduate college. I understand where she's coming from. So it was hard. By the look of the stars, that deal actually didn't get accepted. Her mm. family found a place that they could afford on their own, and she wasn't part of that process. Wow. So it was like, <clears throat> trust your gut. You know, don't sign on to something that's such a big responsibility. Like, allow your family to take responsibility for what they can actually do. You know, so I think as far as like fixing your credit or saving, some of these habits that you have to have in place so that when you own a home, you don't get caught into trouble is, is huge. Yeah. Is huge. I, I learned these lessons hard when I was 22. I scraped every penny that I could, bought it. I mean, for what I was making at the time, it was affordable, but uh, I still had to buy furniture. Mm -hmm. I still had to like fix the place. I mean, it needed to be painted, sinks, everything else. All of that went on credit cards, you know, and it took me a while to pay those off, probably, I don't know, five years or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm like, I just don't want people to do that anymore. Like, you gotta have some money left over after you buy. Yeah. Like, let's plan this out. Let's let's talk. Let's talk it through. Yeah. Like, how do you see this actually happening? Or you want to buy this with a family member? I had another siblings too. They wanted to buy together. They each have their own now. You know. So, 
less drama, you're not complicating your lives a little bit more because I came in in 07, 08. So when the recession got really bad, I saw families like four or five people tied to a property. And so when they foreclosed on that home, it affected all of them. Yeah, for sure. So then they couldn't buy their own place until a certain amount of time and then they can buy again, but it affected all of them. So that was a big lesson too. It's like, okay, we gotta plan this out. Like, how can you do this on your own? What do you need to do? Do you need to wait six months, a year? What's the situation? Yeah. I've had some people wait two, three years, but they did it. Well, like, I love that you're helping them through it. I mean, especially the fact that you're so intentional about everything. I, you know, it starts with you and your life and the things that you learned, but um, it seems like it's working for you. And it's, that's pretty awesome and inspiring. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think my parents, because, I mean, if, if something I could take away from them is they came here and they risked it all. I mean, they had nothing. Yeah. You know, they, they would tell me stories about eating on an ironing board when they were younger because they didn't have the money for a dining table. They were saving, you know, for that yeah. first table that they yeah, had. Yeah, yeah. So them just kind of paving the way that anything is possible with hard work um, is the same thing that I kind of just try to push on anybody that comes to me to try to get advice to buy a home. Like, okay, it's a big task. It's an amazing task. It's a great dream. What do we got to do to get there? They might be ready. They might not. Here's a couple steps that you can do to kind of get there and just help them plan so that um, give them a little bit of hope that they know that it's possible. That's so. great. Oh, yeah. What's next for you? What's uh, what's on the horizon for 2023? 2023. Um, I am excited. Hopefully be not hopefully I'll I'm, I'm planning on being on YouTube and just doing a little bit more social media. And for me, it's just I want to share the stories of these incredible families that I help. Um, I want them to tell their stories and what they learned and how much they spent and what they would have done different. Um, because I, I talk to people from all walks of life. So, uh, you know, the, the young professional woman, um, the couple with the kids, the immigrant from Thailand, the French speaking Moroccan, you know, everybody kind of goes through different hurdles and different stories. And I want them to kind of explain what their journey was. Yeah. And I think that's going to sit and hit with um, a lot of families so that they can get inspired and they can get hopeful that just with a little bit of planning, a little bit of guidance, they can, you know, get to that place where they're going to create memories with, you know, either themselves or their families or, you know, hosting people. But uh, yeah, having a home is, is a blessing. Not everybody can do it. It, it very much is. Um, how can people find you? They, they like what they hear. They want to support you, follow you. Um, where can they find you on social media? Yeah, absolutely. So mortgage side, I have uh, plan first, buy after, so kind of fits the theme. Yeah. Um, and I'm a bit of an adventurer, so um, do what others don't is kind of the my Instagram handle there as well. Uh, my traveling, my scuba, all that crazy stuff. Um, but yeah, other than that, just Henry Gomez guaranteed rate. You can just Google those things and uh, you'll find me right there as well. So uh, feel free to reach out to me on any of those platforms and uh, obviously Facebook and everything else. But those are the ones that I use the most. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming in. Thank you for sharing. And uh, absolutely. Can't wait till the next one. Thanks for the invite.